0: In this episode, we sit down and speak to Jared Hanning, where we speak about the less you work, the more you make. Just so you know a little bit more about Jared, he's an award winning speaker, has been featured on ABC Nightline, spoken on stages all across the country, has clients all across the world. He's delivered four TEDx talks related to mindset performance and has been chosen by Ted Global as the Featured Speaker of the Week. He specializes in a Nobel-nominated process that teaches you how to think at a higher level and allows you to access different parts of your brain on demand. As a result of this training, most of his clients go on to double their income by purposely working half as many hours. So, stay tuned for this episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Forging Life podcast. I am the host, Trey Ryder, and the Forging Life podcast is about hardships, parenting, entrepreneurship, and the struggles that we deal with every single day. We will have many interviews with special guests, and you can actually see some of these interviews on YouTube. And you can even join the discussion by heading over to Facebook and typing up Forging Life Podcast and join our page. You guys, thank you so much for coming in, and I hope you enjoy season number two of the Forging Life Podcast. All right, hello everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Forging Life Podcast. I am your host, Trey Ryder, and today I have an amazing guest with me, and I say amazing because he's done some amazing things and I cannot wait to personally learn more about him and what he has done. I, I've been waiting and I've been talking about what he does to so many other people. And one of the things that we're going to actually talk about is what he does and how he helps other entrepreneurs. And his name is uh, Jared Hanning. And Jared is actually a Nobel nominated um or has a Nobel nominated process that is actually helping entrepreneurs and ultimately reaching higher levels. And not only that, he's a professional classic musician. Classic. Yes. Uh, So he has a lot to offer. And one of the things I left out is a four time TEDx speaker. So first and foremost, welcome, Jared. Hello. Hello. And how are you doing today? I know we were speaking off, offline, but I did not personally ask you. How are you doing today?
1: It, it's been an okay day. Uh, it's a little rainy and humid here in South Carolina, but it was dry enough that I could get outside and play catch with my son. Um, and any day I can get outside and play catch with my son is, is a good day. So today is going down in the record books as a good day
0: you know, I love it. just by you kicking that off. One of the things I try to do is live intentionally and show up and be present for my family. And first I got to give uh, somebody you and I were talking about offline as Richard Kaufman jumped on the comments. So, Hey, welcome uh, Richard. I'm so happy to see you here. We were actually uh, talking about great things about what you're doing. And uh, you yeah, know, I appreciate you showing support here today. So Jared, I, I know sometimes that you yeah, I try to show love for those that are on Facebook. So, um, if they have questions or something like that, I try to kind of intervene and bring stuff up that maybe is going on. So first and foremost, can you tell us a little bit, one of the things that we titled this is about finding out, um, how you can work less and make more money. Right. So I'm curious to know, just a little teaser about why we wanted to name that.
1: Um, so that, that comes from some of the research with the uh, Nobel nominated MindScan. Um, just after looking at thousands of thinking patterns, um, we see different trends and how people solve problems. And you can see just in how they're thinking, why some people always have more on their to-do list than they have time to get done. Um, and why some people never have enough time, never have enough resources, but we can also see in their thinking why other people always have more than enough time, more than enough resources. It seems like they have the touch of gold, the less they work, the more they make. And we can see that in their thinking patterns. So in just uh, research and interviews, uh, talking to people, looking at what's working out in the world, there does seem to be a pretty common trait that the less you work, the more you make. Um, I know that sounds controversial. Um, It's also going to sound wild, and we're going to dive into it here in a little bit, that being focused on getting things done reduces your productivity and using a to-do list. Checking things off your to-do list reduces your income. We're going to talk about this. It's all tied together in this concept. The less you do, the more you make. So let's take a look at what's going on there. If I mean, obviously, we have many examples in in the working world. Uh, You've got the, the roofer. Um, who's, who's making, I don't know, 30, $40 an hour and he's working his butt off. And then you've got his supervisor that drives around in an air-conditioned truck that doesn't work nearly as hard, um, and gets paid twice that. So he's probably at 80. And then you've got his supervisor that works even less, just sits at his office monitoring things that probably gets paid 120 like you can see that it's happening out in the real world but whenever we see that we say ah that's because of their job it's the nature of their job and if i had that job then i would experience it too no it's actually a universal principle the less you work the more you make even if you are self-employed so to get that started you want to put a sign up on your wall that says if i don't have an assistant i am the assistant now let's take a look at why it's true that the less you work, the more you make. Remember, if you're focused on getting things done, if that is your mojo, your mantra, you're actually reducing your productivity. And the reason is, whenever you spend your time doing something, during that block of time that you spent, there was 27 other things that weren't getting done. But even worse than that, even worse is Doing something doesn't address the reason it had to be done to start with. For example, returning customer service emails, uh, returning sales inquiries, um, putting a contract in the mail. Anytime I do that, it doesn't fix the problem. Um, It's like bailing water in a boat. Tomorrow, there's still going to be more emails. There's still going to be more customer service questions. It doesn't fix anything. So however, instead of doing the work, here's what you can do instead. Go back through your last month's emails, write out the top three questions you got, write out the top three answers you got, kind of put that into a little easy three bullet point formula, and then go into your virtual assistants and find the right person to handle this because they have the right uh, attitude and personality and show them how to work these three bullet points for these types of answers. Now you spend a little bit of time building a system and a little bit of time building a relationship. And during that block of time, unfortunately you don't get the dopamine hit that is checking something off your to-do list. You feel like you didn't get anything done. However, at the end of that block of time, you will never again have to return those emails. And this creates more free time for you to build more systems, and build more relationships. So it's not saying that you aren't doing anything during the day. It's just saying, are you working on things that make a future impact or things that make a present impact? Now, the second thing, and this is kind of the insidious part, when you are focused on checking things off your to-do list, I mean, just take a look at your to-do list. And I bet you that nine out of 10 things on your to-do list could be delegated to somebody else for $10 or $15 an hour, provided provided it was the right type of person for that task and provided that they had the right system to follow. Anything could be delegated for $10 or $15 an hour. That being the case, the more excited you get about checking things off your to-do list, oh, this will just take me 10 minutes, oh, this will just take me five minutes. The more excited you are about paying yourself the lowest amount possible during that block of time. It's just a slightly different way of thinking. Now, there, there's a mindset um, that comes up a lot in the mind scan that values action go hustle, grind, get things done, go, 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 go. And I mean, you could see it very clearly in the thinking patterns, but for that type of individual, What I have described, while it makes sense intellectually, emotionally, it feels miserable. For that individual, they're like, it's a waste of time for me to write it down. I've got it in my head anyways. By the time I write it down, I could have gotten something done. There's no sense in me training somebody else to do it because by the time I train them to do it, I could have gotten it done. Any which way they're going to screw it up and I'm going to have to go back and fix it. So training someone else to do it is like three times less productive than just simply let me do it right now. I could do it faster. I could do it better. It feels like the antithesis of productivity to document and build systems and to build relationships. The trade-off is if you're the one doing the work, then tomorrow, guess who's going to be doing the work? But if instead of doing the work, you put systems and relationships in place to support you, then tomorrow you won't ever have to do that task again. And now you can spend this new block of time building more systems and more relationships.
0: And a lot of times what you're describing is happening in everyday life for a lot of people is just that to-do list, but then they get so overwhelmed and they're constantly having to go back and do things over and over again. And I know we kind of jumped straight into this. For those that are hanging out with us on Facebook, uh, thank you first and foremost for being here. We're talking with Jared Hanning, who is a a number of things. But what we're going to be honing in on today is not his four times TEDx talk, not necessarily his professional uh, classic musician aspect, um, but it's more about the Nobel nominated process to help entrepreneurs uh, really, uh, hone in on higher thinking levels. So if you're just tuning in, it, one of the things that he showed earlier was actually a brain scan. He's able to sit back and do these brain scans and find out how people are so, uh, can actually be, uh, more productive. Um, those that may not have those systems and processes that he's speaking about that you just heard him talk about. But, um, as we continue to get further and further down this rabbit hole, which is very important that everybody kind of hang out, especially if you're an entrepreneur or somebody that's trying to gain the processes and strategies or, you know, tidbits of information, uh, make sure you stand by because we are going to get into that. And I got to ask each and every one of you that's on Facebook right now, or if you're listening to this in the podcast, make sure you hit that share button. And I say this because, somebody out there is going to need it. Maybe you have somebody on uh, your friends list that is an entrepreneur. Maybe you have a, a family member that is constantly in this, this rabbit hole trying to chase a rabbit or on the hamster wheel running, 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 running. Well, this is very important. So that's why I brought Jared on here today to talk about a lot of this. So please, uh, as, like I said, hit that share button. Uh, don't just sit back and do nothing because you're here. You're obviously watching for a reason because it's entertaining. Because you might just learn something. So getting back to Jared, um, one of the things that I always jump into—that was just a teaser about what we're talking about. I want to get to know you for just a minute, and then we're going to get back into uh, more about what you're speaking of in regards to the processes and strategies. And I know I'm kind of taking you around. I'm trying to see how good we can both uh do this dance together so uh that being said you talked about your son right so uh obviously a a family man right um going in through as a, a family i talked offline about some of the struggles that i had as you know getting out of the military as a as a father i didn't necessarily get into that portion but For me, it was about not showing up. I wasn't showing up for my family on a consistent basis. Uh, What struggles have you seen both in the home life for yourself, so on a personal level, as a a father, and then as a business person or growing a business? So those are the three areas I'd love to bring up really quick.
1: Um, The struggles I run into are usually forgetting what I really want, um, forgetting who I really am and a failure to plan ahead, uh, is usually where those struggles come up. Um, and, and what, what I find for most guys, I mean, not, not all, I mean, some guys genuinely believe that, uh, berating and shaming their kids is good for their health. Um, but most guys, only berate and shame their own children um, just out of exhaustion and stress. Um, They've got more on their plate than they have time to get done. Working harder and faster isn't fixing it. Um, They've got time stress. They've got money stress. They've got other stress. And so it's just spilling over into the kid's life. But deep down inside, they don't genuinely believe that berating and shaming and guilting your own kids is is good for them. Uh, And they don't want that. It's just they don't know what else to do. Um, And so that kind of gets back to uh, some of the findings from the mind scan that the less you work, the more you make. So, whatever's going on, instead of what do I need to do, it becomes how else could this be done without me? Who can I talk to? Who can I partner with? Who can I trade with? Who can I delegate to? Who, you know, that kind of thing. Um, And the more that thinking comes into play, the more free time starts to show up on the calendar the more income starts to show up on the calendar because we're solving problems at a higher level, a more efficient way of thinking. And even when you're employed, if you're solving levels from a more efficient way of thinking that brings more value to the company, well, your salary kind of goes up with that because you become more valuable to the company. And that uh, solves some of that son problem, the the stress at home that affects our ability to be present as fathers. Uh, The second one is... um, Troubles have shown up in my life when I forget what it is that I really want. Um, uh, here, here's what I mean by that. Um, if my son uh, if my son does something that uh, it's just not okay, like we, I'm sorry, we, we can't do that kind of thing. If I forget what I really want, and this applies to his mom as well, if I forget what I really want, then it is amazingly easy to get really upset over what is happening. If I remember what I really want, then suddenly what's happening isn't that big of a deal. And there's a lot of ways to solve the problem. For example, with my son, um, what do I really want? Do I want him to have made a different decision? Do I want him to behave differently? No. What I really want is for him to always, always, value, trust, and feel safe in his relationship with me, no matter what. And I don't mean like intellectually, I don't mean like, um, you know, "Ah, I want you to feel safe talking to me. Well, now that you told me that I'm going to have to beat you. No, no. I mean, like, I want him to experience it where he both can talk to me about those things and experience that there's not a consequence. So there's, he can, he starts to trust that. And it's the same with his mom. Like, do I want her to have said something different or done something different? No. What I really want is for there to always, always be a great relationship that I am thankful to have, not one that sucks the life out of me. And when I forget that, well, I start to accidentally do things that make it worse. When I remember that, then it doesn't even like show up as a blip on my radar to take out the trash or wash the dishes or, you know, fold the laundry, whatever it is. Right. It's like, well, of course, because what I really want is a relationship that always works that we're thinking. So that's the second thing. Um, And the third thing is forgetting who I really am. Um, So we have the failure to plan, failure to plan ahead and take the easy, low hanging fruit of just do it yourself. Um, we have the forgetting what you really want, and now we have the forgetting who you really are. Um, now some people don't don't know this; they haven't discovered it yet, and so for them, they are uh, they get distracted um, with their job or their role. You know, I'm a plumber, I'm an electrician, I'm a lawyer, um, or they get distracted with uh, the roles they fill. Uh, I'm a dad, I'm a brother, I'm a husband. But none of those are like who you are. If we cut you open, we wouldn't find that inside you. Those are things you do. Those are roles you fill. And one of the ways that we know that's not who you are is if we took them away from you, would you go create it somewhere else? For example, um, people say, I'm a dad. Um, Now, there are some people that are fathers. That's just who they are. 99% 99% of people are playing the role of father. And the way we know is if, I mean, God forbid, uh, if through some horrific accident, you lost all of your children. Tomorrow, would you be rocking babies at the nursery at the hospital? Tomorrow, would you be playing catch with the kids at the orphanage? Like, is father who you are? You can't not do it. You can't get rid of it. Or is it a role that you fill? And those are different. Being clear on who you are and seeing the difference between what you do creates an amazing amount of freedom. Um, In my life, I'm very clear that who I am is inspiring self-expression. And when I remember who I am, all decisions become clear. Should I take on an extra client? Should I delegate this? Should I say yes to the speaking engagement? Should I stop doing that? Should I spend time with my son playing catch? It all becomes clear. When I forget who I am and I start to think I'm a coach, an entrepreneur, a dad, then suddenly it gets hard. It's stressful. Well, gosh, I don't know. Should I do this or should I do that? I'm not sure. But when you remember who you are Humble service, um, uh, inspiring self-expression, loving kindness, like whatever that is, bold adventure. I don't know, you know, whatever that is for you, when you remember who you are, then everything becomes clear. Um, So the times that I have struggled, that life hasn't worked, I either failed to plan ahead, (laughs) forgot who I really was. Or forgot what I really wanted. Happy to tell more stories, specific examples. You 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 tell me where you want to go.
0: I'm sitting here as you were talking. And one of the thought processes that I had, and I honestly, I love those three areas you're speaking on. And it, it comes down to yourself. And you talked about who am I? And I don't know very many people that will ask that question. Or answer that question. And by you, I can't remember the word that you used, but you answered it within. And I'm trying to remember what it started with an I. Um,
1: inspiring like, self-expression.
0: There you go. Inspiring self, uh, self-expression. And it triggered a thought for myself. And I want those that are hanging out with us on Facebook if you can kind of interact with us, and I would love to hear you as you're talking too. But um, so drop in the, the comments down below. I want to ask you, who do you love? And that goes for you on Facebook as well. I want you to, to drop some comments of who, who do you love? And I, I'm curious to see, because I, I want to see one specific thing. and I'm, I want to see if, who hits it. So are you able to answer that?
1: Um, I I would like to add a, uh, slight distinction definition around the word love, uh, in, in my world, in my space, love is defined as to care for and accept as is, and as is not the implication is Everything is fine as it is, nothing needs to change. To care for, to nurture, to uh, cultivate, to farm, husbandry, and to accept as is and as is not. Now, many people, when hearing this definition, they are, uh, they bristle, uh, they're, they're offended. Uh, no, not at all if you really love somebody, you don't leave them how you, how they are. You, 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 help them. Uh, if you really love somebody, you, you help them to change and to be really, really. Tell me about the last time your spouse was helping you. Did you feel better when your spouse was helping you to become a better person? Did you feel loved in that moment? you realize, oh, no, I didn't. I felt manipulated and controlled. I felt misunderstood. I I felt unvaluable. I did not feel loved. I did not feel cared for. I didn't feel accepted. I didn't feel safe. And that's the definition. To care for and accept as is
0: and as is not.
1: I understand it's a radical definition and it's certainly not for everybody.
0: You're hitting it right on. It's basically unconditional love. There is no conditions to love. It's all things, all places, people, but in regards to the answer, and I'm so glad that you truly took the time to explain this because you're hitting it dead on. And like I said, that's what unconditional is, but I'm curious uh, as to, as you continue, what you're going to explain so I'm gonna shut up and and hear your answers.
1: Answers to what do I love? What do I love? Uh, what who? Right. I I love giving my son the freedom to choose. I I love that. Um, he's in baseball right now, and I mean he's got a knack for it. He he, he really is. It's just, he stands head and shoulders above his peers. And yes, we invest oodles and oodles of money into private lessons and equipment and travel. And yes, we we are all in, all in. But if tomorrow he didn't want to play baseball anymore, that's fine with me. I'm not in it for what I want him to be. I'm in it to nurture, to care for what he feels called to be for some people that feels like, like a sacrifice. Well, I've paid all this money. You're going to like it or, well, you can't just quit. That's not the real world. Really? It's not. I mean, are you still playing the piano? All those piano lessons you still play? No, you don't. Hmm. You still dance? Still dance all those dance lessons. Don't dance. Hmm. No, Hmm. like we quit things all the time. We realize that this is not a good fit for me anymore. I've done it for a while. And I'm going to stop and that's okay. So what I love is anytime I can create that space for my son, for him to feel free to choose freely. I love that. Um, I love when I am in his world, like right now, baseball is his thing. And I could care less if it was football or basketball or volleyball or badminton. I don't care. But for whatever reason, he's got a hankering for baseball, by the way, I didn't play sports growing up. And I was so bad at playing sports that in little league, when they would throw me the ball, I would stand to the side and let the ball hit the ground and pick it up and throw it back to you. I was not about to get in front of that ball to try to catch it. My son as fortune would have it, just happens to be a pitcher. He's 11 and a half. He throws 60 miles an hour. And for two years, I am sweating bullets. It's, I mean, it legit scares the heck out of me because I didn't grow up with these skills. I've had to develop on the fly, but I love that because it's in his world and it is emotionally meaningful to him. I love that. I love perfecting my craft. Um, I grew up as a musician. And part of being a musician is spending an awful lot of time not making music. Uh, when you are practicing your instrument, if if you're really practicing, it doesn't sound anything like music at all. It's a short sound and then a short sound, and then you're refining it and refining it and a short section and you're refining it. It doesn't sound at all like music, Um, but that act of sharpening your axe, refining, perfecting—I love that. Whatever it is, Um, every year I'm always learning a new skill. Um, One year I was learning how to split an arrow like Robin Hood. Um, One year I was learning how to do a backflip on a bicycle. Uh, But just you know, like when I was in the arrow phase, how how do you get your skills to the level that you can split an arrow on demand? Just that—that meditative. Daily practice, building awareness. Um, so I love that. The feeling of perfecting your craft, sharpening your axe. I love that. Um, I love, love the work that I do. Um, seeing people, aha, um, seeing their face when they have seen something that they haven't seen before and realize something about themselves that they haven't realized before. Um, effectively, as they're doing the work, of going through the mindset push-ups and experiencing the shifts that makes in their thinking and in their heart and how that manifests out at your life. I absolutely love those moments in the mindset gym. Um, on a much more shallow level, obviously I love exercise. I love mountain bikes. I love skydiving. Um, but those are some of the more meaningful things that I, I think I really love.
0: And as I'm sitting here and I was kind of waiting for a pause here and for those in the audience or listening in the podcast, I hope you actually did this and sat back and asked yourself this question. What am I in love with? And as Jared just sat here and talked about, you know, all the amazing things for his son and it's not about him, it's about his son or, you know, these certain things, learning these new different things. But one of the key things that I was trying to pick up on, and this goes for those in the audience right now, did you put yourself on that list? Did you say, I'm in love with myself? Because that's where it starts. It's filling your cup up so you can fill everybody else's. But at the same time, as you do those things for others, it does help fill your cup but you have to honestly observe yourself. So that's why I just want to take this minute. Let me say you guys, this is not scripted. I had no clue I was going to ask them that. I was just very curious, something triggered. And uh, so for you guys that are listening right now, start with loving yourself. So that being said, I'm going to jump back on track. So did you have anything to say in regards to that before I kind of pull back? Around?
1: <laughs> I, I think I think that's an excellent excellent exercise. Um, list the things you love and notice, did you make the list? Um, it just, just notice it's not right or wrong. It's not good or bad, um, but it certainly is worth noticing.
0: Yeah. So uh, that being said, you, you did talk about uh, kind of pulling this into the direction of what you do. And like I've said, if you're still hanging out with us, or maybe you skip through uh, Jared. Is helping entrepreneurs get to the next level but he does it in a very unique way and can we briefly talk about i'm curious you had these tedx talks is that what you like is it based around what you do
1: the tedx talks are related to the work that i do um but they sort of came before i was doing this work um when i was in classical music for 20 years um i would talk to business owners or stages wherever I could and teach people how to access different parts on of their brain on demand. Um, I just I very much enjoyed talking about that and sharing it. Um, and so the TEDx talks were sort of a spinoff of that taking little threads of, of those talks and sharing it in a small kind of TEDx type format.
0: Okay. So that being said, I'm very curious to dive deeper into what you do now. So how did you come up or how did this idea spin up to start mapping the brain for like entrepreneurs? Um, Was it something that was in addition to what you were already doing or was it like, I have this idea and I want to go after it? Um, Hopefully you can kind of clarify some of that for us.
1: Uh, It was a fortuitous moment. So the mind scan that we use, uh, is based on the Nobel nominated work of Robert Hartman in the 1950s and, um, what he mapped out kind of the algorithm, if you will, that he, he figured out about how the mind makes sense of the world and its relationship to what we consider morally good and morally bad. Um, it's fascinating connection. Um, and it just reveals so much about how you think and why you keep experiencing the same uh, roadblocks in your life that you do. Um, don't have enough time, don't have enough money. Uh, so I was uh, at a conference and I was like in line at food and talking to people. And this guy goes, Hey, you know, he heard what I was doing because I was teaching people how to access different parts of their brain on demand. Um, and he, and um, he's like, Hey, have you, have you ever heard? Have you tried the mind scan? I was like, No, I haven't even heard of it. And um, so he introduced me to it. And at that point, it just became the foundation of everything I was doing. Because before the mind scan, all I could do is teach you how to access different parts of your brain on demand. After the mind scan, I could show you how you're currently using it. I can show you the roadmap to the way of thinking that's in alignment with where you feel life is calling you to. And then we can lay out the mindset pushups in between that are going to rewire your thinking to be suitable for that new environment. Um, and so, yeah, ever since then for the past 10 years, uh, everything I do, uh, speak, uh, coach, teach, whatever it all runs through the mind scan.
0: And I was having a conversation with my dad and I was kind of surprised that he didn't know about this, but some other people do. And I think you were even surprised that I, I was, familiar with it but heart math right mm-hmm. so the heart math institute actually goes out they travel with uh um bruce lipton and um uh dr joe dispenza uh, numerous different places around the world and they're they're mapping out the meditative states that somebody can get themselves into and in the, the brainwave Functions. Is that similar to what you do?
1: I have not taken a course from heart math. Um, I, I think there is something to be said for what they're doing. Uh, there is a lot of meditative um, and kind of getting that entrainment with your heart and your deeper brain waves. Um, I think there's something to be said for that. They've got some cool devices that you can use. Um, but no. That's not the work that I do. Um, In the work of mindset pushups, what I would say is it's more like the experience you had learning to ride a bicycle. So at at the core is this statement, information doesn't make a difference. Knowing what to do doesn't make a difference. Um, Because wherever you're stuck in life, whatever's going on, there's three things that are true. You're already working hard. You're doing everything you know to do. If there was something else you could be doing, you'd already be doing it. And that tells us that trying harder isn't gonna make a difference or it would have by now. Number two, everything you're doing seems like a good idea. I mean, you're no dummy. If it was bad ideas, you wouldn't be doing it, right? So what that means is working smarter isn't going to make a difference or it would have by now. By the way, working smarter is a colossal lie you can only think of what already makes sense to you. So working smarter just has you coming up with more things that already make sense. And what makes sense is what has you stuck in the situation to start with, because it's a way of thinking. The breakthrough will at first seem like a really bad idea. Otherwise you'd already be doing it. And that's where I bring in the, um, the bicycle, learning to ride a bike analogy to help explain what mindset pushups do, why they work, When you're five years old and you're learning to ride a bicycle and they take off the training wheels and you're like really wobbly. You don't have it yet. I mean, you're, you're, you're doing the best you can and you're doing everything that makes sense, but you don't have it yet. And your crazy aunt Jenny comes by with some advice. Crazy aunt Jenny says, what you need to do is go faster because when you go faster, it's easier to balance. And you think to yourself, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. If I can't balance going slow, how is going fast? That's just going to make it worse. That's why they call her crazy Aunt Jenny. Well, that's where we're at with the other areas of our life. Maybe you talk to friends and family about your situation. They give you their advice and you think to yourself, oh my gosh, it's like, they don't even know me. There's no way I can do that. That's a bad idea. It's not going to work in my situation. Maybe you go to your mentor and your mentor is like, well, you know, this is what I did. Why don't you hire that? And you're like, oh no, no, I can't do that. It's not going to work in my situation because of this and this and this. So when you're learning to ride the bicycle before you feel balance, no amount of information makes a difference after the day that you feel balance. I mean, the instant you feel balance in your body, your brain rewires itself to make sense of the new information. And then you go, Oh, now I understand. Now I get it. So before you feel the shift, no amount of information matters. After you feel the shift, no amount of information is needed. And so at the mindset gym, rather than giving you advice or information or telling you what to do, we just put you on little bicycles, little experiences called mindset pushups. And as a result of that experience, it gives your mind new awareness, it gives your heart new awareness And that's what allows your mind to start forming new neural networks, forming new thinking patterns, which ultimately is what gets you out of the weeds.
0: And obviously I sit here and I take notes during uh, you speaking. And one of the things that I did write down, what are mindset pushups, even though I was kind of grasping, uh, can you, you kind of said the mindset pushups by putting on, you know, putting this machine on. Can you explain a little further what a mindset pushup is? Work. So
1: there's a series of mindset pushups. Um, these are exercises, um, that give your heart and your mind an experience that it hasn't had before. Just like when you're riding a bicycle, when you felt balance, that new experience changed the way you thought before you felt balance, your crazy Aunt Jenny saying you should go faster. Was it just a waste of time? It didn't matter at all. After you felt balance, not only did you understand, but no more information was needed. You're free. So the mindset push-ups are exercises that give you that experience so that your mind starts leveling up, thinking at a higher level, solving problems with much more efficient solutions.
0: I love it. And one of the things that you've, you spoke about afterwards was um, the brain rewiring. Can you explain what it takes to wire the brain?
1: Uh, The brain rewiring is just uh, reinterpreting old information or making sense of new information, just like riding the bicycle. Going faster didn't make sense. That wasn't a thought that was congruent in that thinking pattern until after you felt balance. Then suddenly that thought made sense. The brain rewired itself to make sense of this go faster is easier to balance nonsense, but it took a physical experience for your brain to make sense of that way of thinking. So when you're maybe stuck in a take more action to get more results and you're frustrated because there's always more on your to-do list than there is time to get done. There's no sense talking to you about delegating or planning or building relationships. No sense. It's like balance on a bicycle until your body feels the shift. No explanation makes a difference. So rather than explaining what we do in the mindset gym is put you on little bicycles called mindset, push-ups that give your body that shift that it felt experience as a result of that experience, then your brain goes, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm solving problems by doing the work. When somebody else could be helping. Who's that person? How can I find them? Where can I partner with them? What's the best way to pay them? How do we set this up? Who knows how to do that? And you get out of that way of thinking that's just creating more problems.
0: And one of the things that you speak about pretty often, because it's part of what you do is the mindset gem now can you explain um, maybe that's what it is is uh, rewiring the brain and, and mapping it so to speak but let's say somebody listening right now they're like okay where do i find this mindset gem so uh i'm not saying about a link or is there a physical place that you go to or is it all done online uh can you explain some of that
1: uh, so the Mind Scan is not a physical medical device. Um, it is something you can access online, and that's that's why it's Nobel-nominated um, because it's able to get around your subconscious to map out your true thinking patterns, your true values in the world. The Mindset Gym is not a brick-and-mortar place. Um, it's a virtual place um, where a trainer walks you through the exercises, the mindset push-ups so that you start thinking at a higher level, meaning you start creating more free time, you start creating more income, you start creating more fulfilling relationships because your brain is solving those problems from a much more efficient vantage point.
0: Got it. And where can somebody go? Because I love the fact that it's online. I Honestly, I thought that you would have to see people in person to be able to map out the brain. So where can people go to to check that out and have you as their trainer?
1: Well, just mindsetperformance.co. What I would say, though, is the people that enjoy that work the most, that benefit from it the most, are people that have a, a premium on personal development. Uh, These are people that realize that the next transformation in their life, the next breakthrough isn't going to come from a marketing tip or a website hack, or uh, it's going to come from leveling up as a person from thinking at a higher level. And for the people that just value that kind of growth and development to maximize their potential, um, they get the most out of this work. Uh, The other thing I would say is don't, don't take my word for it. Don't believe me. Like I'm not, I'm not on here saying everybody should come to the mindset gym. Everybody should do mindset pushups. Mindset pushups will change your life. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is try the mind scan for yourself. Don't believe me and see if you think what it reveals in your situation is helpful for you.
0: Awesome. And they can do that by going to mindsetperformance.co. Yes sir. Okay. So you guys if you're still hanging out listening, which I know all of you are because I can see the numbers, I can see um you know who listens stuff like that. So make sure you head over to mindsetperformance.co and check out what they have, find out for yourself, because what he's saying is honestly top notch information to be able to level up yourself. And I, for me, I'm sitting here, as you were talking, I've gone through courses, I've gone through books, I've gone through um, uh, online events to conferences and stuff like that. And, that's basically what you're, you're speaking of. Correct. When you were saying
1: those, um, I'm not saying like across the board, that's bad and a waste of time. (laughs) Um, what I am saying is it's dangerously misleading. It's, it's it's an illusion. Imagine if you will, that somebody went to a seminar on how to ride a bicycle. And they watched people speak about their experiences, riding bicycles, and they watched people demonstrate riding bicycles on the stage. And they, they went into like breakout coaching sessions where people described certain techniques that you use for different bicycle riding challenges and problems. And they took a, they took a written tests, you know, proving that they had all the knowledge on how to ride a bicycle. And they took oral exams that they could explain eloquently how to ride a bicycle they would leave that seminar fully convinced that they knew how to ride a bicycle. I mean, they've got the proof right here. See, I passed the test, but they don't, there's only one way you learn how to ride a bicycle. And without that felt experience, you don't know how to ride. You might think you do. You might have a lot of knowledge and information, but you don't know. And that is the danger of going to seminars and reading books. And it creates that illusion that you really understand this thing, that you know it, that you know a lot about it. Yeah. I know how to market. Yeah. Yeah. I know how to sell. Really? How many sales conversations have you had today? Oh, none. Okay. Well, you don't
0: know. And What you're speaking on, and I love the fact, because what you're honing in on is it takes action. You can sit here and fill yourself up with all the information you need, but until you actually go out and not just say you have the knowledge, but get the wisdom, you got to have the wisdom. And we talked offline and I'm going to do a shameless plug here. Uh, We have the, the January business retreat, the mastermind retreat that's coming up. And what he's talking about is exactly what we don't do. In this, you're going to have, yes, there's going to be talks and everything else where you sit there and you learn, but then you're going to have these action steps. So you're going to be actually going through exercises. And then even after you leave, you know, January 14th through the 16th, I think is when it's actually blocked off. And when you leave there, we have follow-up calls over the next six months just to make sure. That you are growing personally and professionally within the quality of life for yourself, as well as your business for entrepreneurs. So, there's a huge difference than just going to a conference, which I hear a lot of people, it's great. And like you said, you get that feel good, but then you get out and you might be great for a month, and then you start kind of dwindling back down. So, that's why, you know, with what we are doing we're trying to eliminate all that dwindling back down by all the consistent follow-ups. So um, hopefully that's, um, it, I wanna do nothing but see people succeed, just like you talk about your son. You know, it doesn't matter what it is. I don't care if you wanna go be the best uh, cake maker, but they actually have a, a name. I can't think of it right now, but uh, you, Baker, I guess. Um, There's probably even a professional name to that. So, uh, but I don't care if you want to go be the best baker, you know, go do it. You know, I I want to see you thrive, not just survive. So, um, thank you so much for kind of breaking some of this down. Is there anything that maybe I didn't hit on that you would like to kind of jump into or explain something of?
1: I feel like we covered, you know, a lot of good stuff. The less you work, the more you make, which means. Instead of what needs to be done, start asking who could be doing this? How else could it be done if it wasn't me? Um, we looked at uh, why using a to-do list and checking things off lowers your income. Um, also very important there. Um, and we looked at why working smarter is an illusion. <laughs> um, I, th- I think we covered some of the, some of the basic stuff and uh, how you can... Uh, test it for yourself. Try it for yourself. See if it makes sense for what you're doing.
0: And I know we have. Uh, you people can go to mindsetperformance.co. Is there a way that maybe they could specifically work with you or um, get in touch with you for further questions or anything like that?
1: Uh, mindsetperformance.co. Uh, you could email me um, or hit me up on Facebook. I'm pretty active there. Uh, Jared Hanning. Happy to help however I can.
0: Perfect. Uh, That being said, do you have any closing remarks you would like to leave people with tonight? Closing
1: remarks. um, I would say if there was a poster in your office, it should read, if I'm doing the work, I'm falling behind. Um, And if you forget everything we talked about, what I would say, is simply remember what you really, really want. That helps to bring clarity.
0: And for those entrepreneurs that are out there, one of the other quotes that actually I wrote down as you were sitting there speaking was, if you don't have an assistant, you are the assistant.
1: Uh, Which, by the way, this is not disparaging to assistants. This is not. Um, there are plenty of people that make a great living as an assistant full-time or a virtual assistant fractional, you know, part-time it still applies to them. There are things on their to-do list, nine out of 10 of them that could be delegated to yet someone else provided they had created a good system to follow and they had trained the person on how to do it. So where could that assistant be partnering with other assistants so that they can get more done? by working less.
0: Uh, Jared, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. And uh, for those that are hanging out uh, on Facebook, I truly appreciate you uh, logging on and taking time out of your day to hang out with us today. So um, that being said, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, end the podcast. And I see some love coming through. We had Syriza that was here. She always tries to hang out with us anytime it goes live. And she was asking, I would love to to come on live with you guys. Uh, As everybody, hopefully, you guys know, we do a monthly wrap up, and I have yet to do a monthly wrap up this month because of the move and everything else that was going on. So we could end up, um, okay, so this marks October marks the one year mark for the Forging Life podcast. And what I would like to do is invite any and all of the speakers back on with us to have a big Zoom call, as we always do. It's kind of like Clubhouse, if you remember Clubhouse or been part of it. But we're bringing it with video and you can come out and hang out with us. We'll have all the speakers there that quickly talk about uh, what we spoke about, if they can remember or just a little bit about themselves and then bring on any questions that the audience might have. So. I'm going to actually create, actually, let me look at the dates here. Uh, So hopefully if you guys are listening to this live, you can mark your calendars. And honestly, I think it was uh, the 28th of November is the absolute one year mark, I believe. So I would say we could, I think I have a house walkthrough on that day for the new house that we're closing on. Um, man, I can't, I can't do that yet. Stand by. I will post on the fortune life podcast group page uh, with an exact date, but I'm going to create this event and hopefully give you guys enough time uh, two weeks or so to hopefully join us for that. So Jared, I would love for you to be part of it. Um, if you're able to, and our our mashup or our wrap ups are typically at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I would like to say a soft date, maybe the 28th at 7 p.m. So uh, I know somebody else was reaching out to me today about it as well. They would love to be a part of it. So for those hanging out with us, thank you so much for being here tonight. Um, and as always, live intentionally and make the rest of your day the best of your day. for taking the time and listening to this podcast if you're enjoying the forging life podcast i ask you this take a moment and head over and rate this podcast if you're listening to it on itunes spotify or whatever platform you enjoy the most please just take a moment so that way it will help get this episode or episodes into the ears of somebody else And if you would like to join the discussion, make sure you head over to the Facebook page, Forging Life Podcast, and join us there.